This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Big news from the White House on Thursday, President Joe Biden issued pardons for people convicted of marijuana possession under federal law. The move clears the records for about 6,500 people who were convicted on federal charges dating to 1992. Undoubtedly, some of those cases started with a pretextual stop. That's when a police officer pulls over a driver for a minor violation. We're talking about a broken taillight, failing to use a turn signal, or even hanging fuzzy dice from your rearview mirror. And if someone gets pulled over for those reasons, any whiff of marijuana or something else suspicious would give police a pretext to search the car. No surprise here, Black and other non-white residents are far more likely to be pulled over for minor infractions. San Francisco is now considering an end to that practice. The city's police commission has proposed a policy that is designed to reduce racial profiling in San Francisco. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporters Megan Cassidy and Susie Nielsen join me to talk about how harmful pretextual stops have been in the city and whether this latest draft proposal would help solve it. Also, how are community members and police officers responding to the policy? Megan, Susie, thanks so much for being here. Susie, let's start with you. You analyzed police traffic stops in San Francisco over the last four years. Tell me about the disparities that you found. We were looking specifically at traffic-related stops by San Francisco police. If you get pulled over for any particular reason, that will be coded in our data as a traffic stop. And what we found was when you look at all traffic-related stops, Black people in San Francisco were about 4.4 times more likely to be stopped by police than white people. That's already a pretty big racial disparity. But when you look at what we call pretextual stop codes, so that's kind of minor infractions. Maybe you don't have up-to-date registration or you have a broken taillight or something like that. When you only look at those codes, Black people are 10 and a half times more likely to be stopped than white people. Mm. We found that um, a lot of people are being pulled over for improperly displaying their license plates. And then for having no registration, Black people are eight times more likely than white people to be pulled over. So now, Megan, San Francisco's police commission wants to do something about this. They've drafted a policy proposal to stop pretextual stops. What types of traffic infractions would people no longer get pulled over under this proposal? There right now are 18 different infractions on this list. And so like Susie said, some of the most common ones that police are using to pull someone over is a violation of their license plate, not having it on correctly, not properly having it illuminated or just not having license plates altogether, having an expired registration tag, failing to use a turn signal, parking infractions, and then also infractions for jaywalking or perhaps riding a bike on the sidewalk. And so these 18 infractions are really just meant to be a starting off point. They could expand with time. A lot of them right now are kind of vague. They don't really include exceptions that would be 
probably pretty important. Like if somebody is parked in a bus lane, you really kind of need to do something about that. So these 18 infractions really are just meant to be a a backbone policy and kind of a a starting point for uh, the negotiations. And other cities in the country have tried to do something similar. Is San Francisco's proposal different or similar to what other efforts are doing? The cities that we've seen uh, taking on similar initiatives, their goals are pretty much the same. They're all trying to reduce racial disparities and traffic stops. What's different are, are, are kind of the finer points of how they want to do that. So for instance, in Los Angeles, there is a pretty basic policy that just says pretextual stops are banned. So if an officer sees somebody that they think looks suspicious and that person is also missing a tail light. They could still pull them over for that tail light, but they really can't do anything else. They cannot ask for a search. They can't ask probing questions. In Berkeley, the city officials there voted to really start transitioning to take lower level stops away from police. It's still to be seen exactly how they're going to do it. And in San Francisco, they're forming a policy that looks kind of similar to what's happened in Philadelphia, which is they've taken a handful of these enumerated offenses, like the ones I I just talked about, and just said police are no longer allowed to use those as the sole reason for pulling someone over. So, Megan, have pretextual stops in San Francisco actually been successful at catching people doing other bad things. Sure, they have. And really something that you will hear a lot of officers say is they can give you an example of a time that they have found guns, drugs, or or somebody with a warrant out for their arrest. But the reality is those successful moments are pretty few and far between. About 85% of these stops produce no contraband. Really only a fraction of them end up producing drugs or, or guns. So let's say police did have some success in in finding contraband last year, but perhaps they could have spent their time better. Instead of finding 15 guns, maybe they could have found 30 guns if they were working on more serious crimes. So pretextual stops often don't result in finding contraband, and Black residents have to experience them a lot more than others. Susie, let's dig into that a bit more, starting with one of the most common infractions, license plate violations, which you already mentioned. How often are Black people stopped for that in your data analysis? First of all, I wanted to mention that pretextual stops, so this type of stop that's often for a lower-level violation, they've declined dramatically over the last four years. So they started declining in 2019 and then really took a big dip during the pandemic. So over the last few months, police have pretty rarely been enforcing these. So with license plate-related stops, those accounted for at least 11,000 of the pretextual stops that we found in our data. So that's basically a third of the stops that we looked at that were for pretextual reasons. And across all those different types of license plate stops, we found very large racial disparities. So the most common one is basically just coded as failing to display your license plates correctly. Black drivers in San Francisco are 16 times more likely to be stopped than white drivers. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's also talk about something that I feel like almost everyone does, jaywalking. Not everyone gets dinged for it, though. Susie, what did your analysis find? Yeah, so I will admit on this podcast that I jaywalk. Not all the time, but sometimes. But I am a white person, and as a white person working in San Francisco, my odds of getting stopped for jaywalking are much lower than that of a Black person living or working here. So our analysis found that Black people were six times more likely to be stopped than white people for jaywalking, and about four and a half times more likely to be stopped than Latino people. Okay, so some clear disparities here that the city has decided they need to address in this policy proposal. Has there been pushback? So there has been some pushback from individual officers. And I, I want to point out from the beginning that the stance from individual officers doesn't necessarily match what Chief Scott or or some of the brass are saying about this policy. But some of, I think, the more uh, at least anecdotally powerful stories that we're seeing from police are about the times that they say that they used their hunches. They stopped a car for perhaps having a tail light out or having a, a, an expired tag. And the driver, in one instance, turned out to be somebody with a warrant out for his arrest for a rape from 2020. And so a lot of individual officers are saying, hey, pretextual stops are not a bad thing. We can net some pretty violent criminals and we can potentially get some drugs and guns off the streets. But it's important to note that that is not really the argument that Chief Scott is making or some of the other higher ranking brass. So what they say is that they would like to ban, quote unquote, pretextual stops. And the reason they say that and the reason that that is different than the police commission's proposal is that officers still would be able to then pull somebody over for a license plate infraction or having a broken taillight. And the argument there is that there are public safety risks that come with those violations as well, that they're not only used for pretextual stops, that they really are on the books for legitimate reasons as well. And so obviously this is an effort at criminal justice reform. What do activists think about this this draft of this proposal? Are they happy with it? Activist organizations like the ACLU of Northern California and Glide, which is a nonprofit that focuses on homelessness here, they say that we should act, actually add more bans to the list. So like driving with a cracked windshield would be another one. Uh, failure to dim headlights, uh, driving without working windshield wipers. They believe that this policy is strong as is, but could be more ambitious. Okay, so it sounds like this proposal will likely still be tweaked further. Megan, all eyes have been on Mayor London Breed when it comes to public safety and potential reforms. Has she weighed in on the police commission's draft? She has not said much about the specifics. Mayor Breed has voiced her support for reducing biased stops and policing. Her big bone to pick, actually, though, with uh, the whole process is how it has been rolled out. Mayor Breed has gotten into some arguments with commissioners over 
what they allege is not enough community engagement, that some people in minority communities don't feel as though they have had as much of a say as they should have, even though this would impact them the most. So it sounds like the mayor and maybe others think more engagement from the community is needed. Has feedback been incorporated into this draft proposal? So we actually don't know yet how any kind of feedback is going to be incorporated. Really, all we have right now is the draft that was released in May. But since that was released, there have been a handful of working group meetings with subject matter experts, police, activists, as well as these community forums. And between the members of the community, we're seeing a pretty big split as well. There are some residents who feel that San Francisco has become a place of lawlessness. And the last thing that we need is for us to be hamstringing police. San Francisco also is a very progressive city. We've been on the cutting edge of police reforms. And so this is also a really popular policy for people who want to see some more of these reforms get put in place. Mm. Well, Susie, that leads me into my next question. You know, as Megan mentioned, public safety and crimes in San Francisco, a lot of people are thinking about it. And you follow those issues quite closely in your reporting. You know, from your opinion, how big of a deal is this if the proposal goes through? And what tone would it set for reform in San Francisco looking ahead? At a material level right now, banning these particular stop codes isn't going to really immediately change a lot because so few people are currently being stopped under these codes. There's a chance that part of the reason that police are doing fewer of these stops is that they are talking about how they're dealing with staffing concerns right now. So it could be a big deal if, you know, these kinds of stops get more common again. I did an analysis on statewide police stop rates a few months ago, and I spoke to Felicia Jones, who is a local Black San Francisco activist, who was talking about how she called it devastating and hurtful, the current disparity that we're seeing between Black and white stop rates in San Francisco. So I think this kind of measure would be a really big vote of goodwill towards the Black community in San Francisco, or at least Ms. Jones would see it that way. As Megan said, there are a lot of other codes that might still be enforced, I think we've seen in the past, you know, sometimes these bans are not as strictly enforced as we might think. So there are a lot of question marks, I guess, in my mind. We'll be keeping an eye on this proposal for sure. Megan, Susie, thank you so much for explaining it to me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Cecilia. Megan Cassidy covers crime for The Chronicle, and Susie Nielsen is a data reporter. Their story about pretextual stops in San Francisco is online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thank you to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening. <laughs> 